Yo, yo, what's good? What's good? We back, we back. Y'all get wake up, get your coffee, because we got your coffee and sports in the morning. We got already NBA heating up with moves. It's about that time. We got draft. We got free agency coming soon. Free agency coming soon. Moves about to be made. Uh, so let me first introduce my panel. We got my sidekick on side of me to the right side. Mo Better and my boy Chris down at the bottom. Uh, how y'all guys doing this morning, man? Morning, guys. Morning, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. Good morning to y'all, man. I'm doing good. Had an exciting weekend. But what better way to kick off a week when we finally know that Bradley Beal has been traded to the Phoenix Suns? Uh, the deal was uh, two pick swaps. Not one first-round pick. The Suns didn't even have a first-round pick. Uh, two second-rounders and a, uh, pretty much a pick swap. Landry Shamit goes to the Wizards, and Chris Paul goes to the Washington Wizards, which I don't think he'll be staying now for too long. Uh, and the Suns get back Bradley Beal. The Suns get back Bradley Beal. He did waive his no-trace clause to go to the Phoenix Suns. But other than that, uh, I want to commend Bradley Beal. I want to start this topic off. I want to commend Bradley Beal. For leaving the leaving the Washington Wizards and the Washington Wizards trading him, but I think it was a little late. Where waits? I think it was late, pretty too late, way too late. Uh, give credit to Gene; he did come up and say this. Bradley Beal value wasn't high at all. You seen what they got back? The Wizards totally dropped the bomb. They should have traded him 2020 season when he averaged 30 points when he was 27, 26 years old. His value would have been higher at that time. But they clearly dropped the ball on this deal as well. Uh, not even getting a first round pick because the Suns didn't have a, having a first round pick. But you did get up, get Landry Shamick up out of the deal, who's a role player, who's nothing more but a role player. Chris Paul is not going to be that. So basically, the Wizards got nothing. They got nothing back, actually, but the second round picks. Uh, for the Phoenix Suns, they just got another top heavy guy. They lost another depth piece, lost another depth piece. Don't have a point guard. You know, don't get me wrong. Devin Booker can facilitate, but he's not that type of he's not that type of person. So the Suns, they don't have no depth. They lost another starting piece. Uh Landry Shamick, who can shoot the ball. Josh Akogi, gotta figure out what you gotta do with him. Now you got no point guard, you got no depth. Then your top uh players that's getting paid is Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and now Bradley Beal, who just signed that Supermax. Not more than a year ago, down there a year and a half ago. So now, uh, Phoenix pretty pretty much Phoenix pretty much put themselves down a barrel. But no doubt for me, in my opinion, this is a loss loss for both teams. For once again, the Wizards traded them too late. They didn't get nothing back at all. They get nothing back for Bradley Beal. They traded them way too late. They should have traded them when he was 26, 27. And then the Suns lost another depth piece. But the only thing about it, we said it numerous times, they just top-heavy in the lineup. They just top-heavy. So I don't see what they go from here. They don't got much cap space at all. So I don't know how they're going to sign a great point guard. I don't know how they're going to sign a competent bench. But other than that, uh, Mo, I'm going to come to you first. Start with you. What you think about this move? Um, It's a Wizards move. It doesn't shock me. I mean, in the end, if you want to say what did they get out of it, I guess they got what they wanted out of it. They got cap space back. They got rid of that. They got up off that contract, so they got cap space. Um, sometimes, though, cap space, cap space can be a myth, right? Mm -hmm. Because even with cap space, 
Don't nobody want to go to the Wizards? Nobody's going there. No top star is going to the Wizards voluntarily. So they got cap space just for the sake of having cap space. As far as the Suns go, it is a, it is a top-heavy team, but it already was. But you, you made a point. Bill can facilitate. He's averaged over five assists three out of the last five seasons. Um, KD's averaged over five assists the same amount of time. Um, also, when you throw in what Booker can do, you have three guys that can create for others, so you do have shot creators. But what would really tie it all together if they actually had a true point guard? I don't think they need a star. You don't need a superstar point guard. No. You need a veteran that knows how to run an offense. It's why I brought up the name Mike Conley. You might even have value if you were able to get Kyle Lowry from the Heat. You don't need all-star Kyle Lowry. You just need a veteran that knows how to run an offense. When you've got three guys that can drop 30 on a given night and they all can create their own shots, what you don't need is another score. What you need, you need a point guard and you need depth. I think because you still have Aiden on that bench, you've got to move DeAndre Aiden. You've got to move DeAndre Aiden and get that depth and that point guard. And I think that's the next move for the Phoenix Suns. You've got to move DeAndre Aiden. Get yourself some wings that can defend because, look, with KD, with Bill, and then Booker, three of your five starters are not very good defenders. So the other two guys, they better be dogs. So I think that's their next move. Move Aiton and try to get some depth and a veteran point guard. I don't think it's a lost loss if they make the right moves yeah. out and fortify the roster. I just think it's a loss for the Wizards because yeah. they, really, they literally got nothing out of the, out of it other than cap space, which is a very Wizards move. Chris? The Wizards taught us, and I, I think we knew this. Yes. I, I think yes. I think if yes. you ask the general consensus of NBA analysts and fans this question, you would have got the answer. Yeah. Unfortunately, Washington decided, hey, we're going to give the max deal and we're going to give – the no trade clause. <laughs> Why they did that, I don't know. Why they thought the no trade clause in any situation is a good idea, I don't know. Because it's a, you, this is what happens. You see it across all sports leagues. Someone gets a no trade clause, and then without fail, at some point, they try to move that person. And now that team is literally held over a barrel because you gave so-and-so a no trade clause. And now you can't move them or you can't move them where you want to move them. And that's what really made this a lose deal for Washington was yep. that he had to waive his no trade clause and he wasn't going to waive it unless he went to a team he wanted to go to. So he wanted to go to Phoenix. Clearly, they didn't even have a number one pick to give. So there's nothing you can really do in that situation except be like, Bradley, can you please go to a team with a like that? That's where you are. You're literally in that situation. Where he's like, I want to go to the Suns, and they're like, but they don't got number one pick. And he's like, I don't care. That's not his problem. You gave him a no trade clause. So literally, by doing that, you put yourself in this situation. If you didn't give him the no trade clause, now you're open up to the best offer. Now yep. you got teams competing against each other. Now you don't got the Suns sitting there like, we know he wants to come to us. We're not going to give up everything for it. We, you only got so many options with him. That's yep. kind of where you put yourself. I don't think it's a lose lose if. Like Mo said, they do the right thing with Aiden. You literally got Beal for nothing. It literally three bags of chips and Chris Paul. 
So if you can swap Aiton out and get a competent point guard or a couple of competent pieces, you're going to be in a decent spot. You're always, this has always been a top heavy team. It was a top heavy team after they got KD. It, that part of it isn't going to change, but you can be a top heavy team if you have competent smaller pieces, which they don't have right now. So if they get someone to run the offense, and again, that's all they need. They just need basketball IQ. You don't need, uh, you don't need points there. You don't need points in that spot. You need someone who can run the floor, who can facilitate, who can distribute. If they can score 10 a game, great. But you don't even need that. You just need someone who can run that offense. So if you get that person in there, you get another piece here or there, they're, they're going to be competitive. Obviously, they're going to score a bunch of points. They're going to be in the playoffs. But, I mean, at the end of the day, though, guys, you know where, where the questions all lead to. Can they beat Denver? And I, I don't know. I don't know if they can beat Denver. Let's let's see where they kind of fill out the team and who else ends up there. But, obviously, this move is because of that. This yeah. move is because the West for the next two or three years, it's going to be Denver. And who's going to load up and try to take Denver down? And Phoenix fired the first shot. Yep. It's, a, it's a big move. But if we're asking right now, today, as presently constructed, no, they can't beat Denver. And I'm not gonna pick them. I'm not gonna pick them to beat them. I'm not gonna pick them to get to the finals because I don't. I'm, it, it, it's happened to Phoenix every single every single year. From from uh, it been happening to Phoenix every single year. And Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, don't you know how many teams this guy played on that was loaded? You look at that first Oklahoma City team. You look at the Golden State Warriors team. You look at the Brooklyn Nets team that they uh that they assembled and it uh fell fell apart quick. Now this team, Kevin Durant has to be the luckiest goddamn superstar, pretty much, outside of uh LeBron James. Outside of LeBron James, but LeBron James, the only thing he did, he elevated those teams. He elevated, he elevated those teams and to some degree. Kevin Durant, he went, he went to a Warriors team that already was winning before he got there. Outside of that. Kevin Durant is the most probably the unluckiest uh superstar that uh I pretty pretty much really seen. But other than that, the only winner I would say in this deal is Bradley Beal because he got he what he wanted. He got what he wanted. He got the max contract. He got the no trade clause. Then he got the move to Phoenix. That's pretty much the only probably winner of this probably deal because now he get to play for a championship. Uh, pretty get the he's gonna play for a playoff team. I'm not gonna say a, a championship. They're not a championship team. Uh, they're gonna play. He's gonna play for a playoff team and be a competitive. And another thing, this can factor in too. All these guys have the tendencies of getting hurt, of getting injured at any point in time. All of these guys got an injury hi history. But like I said, at the end of the day, still don't believe they win in a championship. Uh, still don't believe they're they're gonna be better than Denver. Uh, I still feel they are in some type of way. Phoenix will find a way. They will find a way. They will find a way to shut down again. But other than that, Bradley Beal's the first one to move. Uh, some who else? Who I got a question. Will Damian? How long would it take? I'm gonna start with you, Chris. Do you think Damian Lillard is the next guy to fall, next domino to fall, or who do you think the next domino will fall? If you guess, if you had to uh, guess, I think Dame wants to stay in Portland. He wants to win, obviously. But I, I think there's this misconception about the NBA that all, all these star players just want to move around and they just want to keep finding. Do you know it's a pain in the butt to move? It doesn't matter if you got money or you don't have money. Like the, the process of moving is annoying. 
And if you can find a team with the right pieces and you can kind of fit in there, you know, you, you become comfortable. And I, I think Dame wants to win. And I, I think that he's he's open to it. But at the same time, I think he, in the back of his mind, he probably just wishes that Portland would go out and get somebody for him. Because when, when you're a star, you're kind of like, why do I got to be the one to move? Why can't someone just come, come be a part of my team? And they've tried that. and It, it hasn't really had the best success. Let's be honest. Dame knows that Miami wants him. It's The world knows that Miami wanted Lillard. They know that they wanted him more than they wanted Bradley Beal. So it would make sense for him to be the next one to move. Is he going to be the next one to move? I don't know because I've I've never really seen a willingness of Portland to move him. So what what does Portland want? I, I guess is the bigger question. What are they looking at draft-wise? What, what are they looking at return-wise? I don't know. Mo? I think Dame will end up in Portland if they can go out, if they can make a move and bring in another star to play alongside him, he'll stay. Even, even if it just means he'll be a contender, I think he'll stay. But if they go out and they draft young, they, they go ahead and bring in a young, talented player, he, he's going to want out. Like he said, he's 32. He doesn't have time to wait for some guy to develop um, and, and while his career is on the other side of his peak. So I'm not sure Dame is the next domino to drop. I would actually look at somebody maybe not quite as good, not on the same level. I think I think Zach Levine might get moved. I would say somebody like Zach Levine would get moved. You already saw that the Grizzlies offered the Brooklyn Nets multiple picks to try to get uh, Mikel Bridges. So there's value out there. Teams are trying to fill holes. Um, they're trying to go ahead, and they want a real 3 and D guy. I actually think Bridges is more than a 3 and D guy. He showed you once he left Phoenix, if somebody lets him shoot, the man can score. Phoenix actually had a guy that could score 25 a night, play lockdown defense, give you four assists, and they were looking for somebody like that, and they already had him, and they traded him away, which is crazy. So everybody's knocking on Brooklyn's door because you can look at the Nets. They're not contenders. So the, the question is, if you're looking at the Nets, do you move Bridges or do you try to build around him? I, I think Bridges is a talent. I think he's a star. But he's not a superstar. He's not somebody you build around. I think Zach Levine, I think Bridges, guys like that, I think those kind of guys are going to be the next dominoes to fall. Um, You know what, Mo? You know what that what Mikael Bridges reminded me of? Uh, You know, Philadelphia traded them. They still kicking themselves in the behind after doing that. But Phoenix, Phoenix, the one going to kick, be kicking themselves in the behind right after that. This guy went on to be a 21-point-per-game scorer. So now by them trading him, they he unlocked his full pretty not pretty much his potential what he could be in the NBA. So kind of kind of uh, similar to a deal OKC. They're gonna go down for have, being a part of the worst deal ever. They unlocked Harden true potential in Houston because Harden wanted to be a starter and uh, they went on to trade him because they didn't want to pay him. They decided to trade uh, keep Serge Ibaka. Uh, instead, that was a big time mistake that they should that they uh should have done. They should have went on and offer hard. But Mikael Bridges, that's a similar situation. The only difference, Harden became a superstar in the league. Mikael, coach, go ahead. Okay, see, they didn't pay Harden, but they went out and they paid Kendrick Perkins. And they brought they him in. 
Perkins when they could have they amnestied them. They could have amnestied them. That would have been the five million right there that Harden wanted. Exactly. All of a sudden, you're looking at Harden. You're looking at Harden become a superstar his first year in Houston. All of a sudden, they never go back to the finals. Same thing like with Mikael Bridges. Hey, you traded him. All of a sudden, his potential unlocked now. But all of a sudden, the Brooklyn Nets they got a decision what they got to make on Cam Johnson too. Because Cam Johnson was very valuable to them too, man. That that man had a solid playoff series uh, in uh, against the Sixers. Uh, he started to be more aggressive, put the ball on the floor, be more consistent for the Nets. So the Nets got some de- decisions to make as well. But both of those guys really show full potential where they can become in Brooklyn. In in Brooklyn, pretty much. But I think um, I I I don't know why Dane. Doesn't want to go ahead and pull a plug because if I'm Dame, I'm putting the pressure on the organization. I mean, what more did he have? What more do you have to do? What more did, do we want to do? This team will never be a championship contender. They will never probably be a playoff contender. They they may draft Scoop Henderson in the draft. That would be another guard. That would be another guard in the backcourt. So now, who do you want? Anthony Simons, or you want Scoop in the same backcourt, or you want uh, Damian Lillard, Scoop in the backcourt? Who do you want a part of the backcourt? So. I think it's time for Dame to go ahead and put the pressure on the organization and just cut ties and just uh and just go ahead and cut ties and just say, hey, I want out. I want out. I think I, w- I want to go somewhere else where I have an opportunity to compete. And if Dame can just really come out and just say it and go ahead and pull a plug, I, I think the uh, I think the uh, Portland Trailblazers would know now. It's a lot of pressure on them. I think they know now that he want out. But has Dame expressed that he wanted out? He gave some hints and signs, but he hasn't actually expressed what he wanted out, he hasn't actually expressed. He gave signs, but he hasn't expressed that he wanted out. Uh, but still got uh, Desmond in the building, man, the defending NBA champ on this panel right now. Uh, yeah, the defending NBA hey, champ. <laughs> anytime you get, every time, anytime, I told you, anytime you got a chance to uh, stick it to Freddie, you do it. But what you think about the Phoenix deal, though? The Bradley Beal and the Wizards trade. What you think about that? Uh, I, I I like it. I like it. But the same thing like you and uh, Mo touched on, like you have Mikael Bridges, guy that was a great defender. Um, he gave Denver fits a lot um, and could score. Um, and Bradley Beal, the only uh, con I have is, can he be the Bradley Beal of old with like vintage of like John Wall? Because he does have injury issues as well. So we have to look at that as well. But I give it a B minus, honestly. I give it a B minus because – you're still going for scoring, a little bit of defense, but like we said, the biggest thing is health. Can that can he stay healthy? Can that group stay healthy? Um, I think like Mo touched on earlier, um, everybody's trying to do what the Nuggets are doing, trying to find holes during this free agency period and trying to get players that mesh well together um, that won't take as much time, I think, to, as cohesion-wise. You think of, um, like we touched on before, um, uh, what's it called? Um, Damian Lillard and what team he might go on, you know? So I just feel like a lot of teams are trying to do the blueprint of the defending champs of Denver Nuggets. Um, but I feel like I give it a B minus because you, you get scoring, but where's your defense and can he stay healthy? That's the biggest question. I agree. Yeah. So um, uh, again, you can see, look out and look out for guys like Pascal Siakam too. And Ananobi. Ananobi for sure. Yeah, They can be on a trade block. The Wizards, Kyle Kuzma can be gone because they're blowing that team up. They made that eventually clear. They're, they're blowing that team up. Porzingis can be on the move as well. And so they go into a complete uh, rebuild. So look out for those uh, guys. So uh, doing the draft process, uh, which is on Thursday, and, you know, free agency is kind of right behind it. So 
We're gonna be busy with moves. So other than that, we go uh to the uh we go to the, uh pretty much uh anybody got some uh somewhat some, anything else they want to touch on they want to uh, kind of touch on a bring up. I'm just I just want to say that <laughs> with free agency coming into the draft and free agency, coach, now it becomes an arms race, right? It's an arms yeah. race. Everybody's going to be competing and trying to bring in the same guys. And I, I would say it's about getting the best package. It will be now um, with the Bradley Bill situation, like Chris pointed out, they didn't get the best package because Bradley Bill had all the power. Bradley Bill no. had all the power. <laughs> the Wizards literally got nothing. Forget If I'm the Wizards, I don't know, at some point, you might have been better off keeping the man. You might have been better off keeping the man and trading Kuzma, Brzingis, and everybody else. Uh, I, I just think that when you look at this, and we touched on this yesterday, bad franchises yeah. make bad moves. They're not bad, they're not bad franchises by accidents. They put in the work to be bad franchises. They those type of franchises continue to make the same damn mistakes over and over. Just like the Kings, until they learn from it. They made the same down mistakes each and every single draft. They made the same down draft mistakes until they got it right. They finally got it right last year. And what year, and what after they got it right, what the hell they do? They go to the playoffs. They get they get uh they draft uh De'Aaron Fox, which was the right pick. They draft Keegan Murray, which was the right move, which was the right pick, and they finally go to the playoffs. Teams like the Wizards, they try so long to compete, they try so long to compete. Where they should have broke it down like a couple of years ago. They got Russell Westbrook literally to try to be just to be a, a one and done playoff team. But when Bradley Bill was 27, 26, you should have came up off of him right then. Because it, at that point, he was averaging 30 points per game. His value was higher at that point of time. Teams are going to want to jump. Now, all of a sudden, he's on that max contract. You just gave him a max contract, a five year super max. Super max. Now your hands tied behind your back. Your head's time behind your back. And now, you know Phoenix don't got no first-round picks. Plus, you gave him that no-trade clause. Hands tied behind your back all of a sudden. He don't care. He just want to go to a championship contender. He just want to go to a championship contender. Any any team that's involved in winning, like Chris said, he wants to go down. You don't you don't have the leverage. You don't have the leverage. They'll send him where you want to send him. So other than that, you know, that bad franchises continue to make the bad same mistakes over and over and over again and just never fails now all of a sudden they going they got it going they going into a full rebuild mode but to get nothing up out of the deal not first round picks because uh bradley bill controlled his own leverage that's kind of disappointing that's kind of disappointing now all of a sudden you got 20 dollar and 25 cents back you got a dollar 25 cents back a uh, piece of bubble gum right back so uh good luck to the right, uh <laughs> that, deal was that should be the next news in the NBA. GM fired. Exactly. Yep. So we got the next topic. Uh, what do the Warriors team call about? Teams are calling about Jordan Poole. Teams are calling about Jordan Poole. The Warriors are receiving phone calls. Jonathan Kaminga is also on a block. Uh, what move should they make? Should they do both, or should they uh try to move Clay? What should the Warriors? What should they do? What should the Warriors do with their roster, especially these three guys? Dez, I'm gonna start with you at the bottom. Um, I think they. I don't think they have to blow it up, but they got to look at their roster. I think they're doing that, uh, making what Mike Dunleavy Jr. their GM, uh, which is a good move. You know, he's been in the NBA for what, 15 years plus, so he knows the game. But uh, I feel honestly, they got to blow it up. 
uh, Jordan Poole, he's been really inconsistent at times, uh, bad shot making. Um, and I feel like the Warriors, they got to turn a page. This is not the Splash Brothers anymore either. Um, Clay Thompson, he can be a great shooter, but you've seen during the playoffs and during the end of the regular season, um, not as consistent. Now, I mean, against the King series, he did come up big with those corner threes, but just consistently he was not consistent. Um, so I feel they got to get rid of Jordan Poole. Um, and Kaminga, I think they should keep. I think that's a piece they should keep. Work. He's developed well. Um, I feel like he can be more of that four and definitely get the more spark um, defensively too as well. Because you see Draymond, he gets beat at times. And he's getting older too. So if I'm the Warriors, I'm trying to contend with teams that are getting younger. You think about OKC, young. The Kings, young. Denver, young. There's a lot of teams that are young. So um, I just feel like they need to turn the page. Chris? I think the Warriors have made it pretty clear that they don't care about their future. They care about right now. Uh, Steph's window, he's 34 years old. Steph's window is what, two, three years probably is what you're looking at as far as his timeline. And I think they're really focusing on Steph's timeline. Everything's going to kind of center around what's going to happen for the next couple of seasons while Steph is still able to lead this team and win a title. So I can see them moving off of Poole. I can see them moving off of Kaminga. Are those smart moves for the long term? No, probably not. But those are guys that have the option to move. What are you going to get for Clay? The market for Clay is going to be a lot smaller than it is going to be for a Jordan Poole or a Kaminga or a Moses Moody. Those are the people that are going to bring something back for you to try to build around that core three of Clay and Steph and Draymond. I do think Draymond's going to be back. I do think they're going to keep uh, Clay. Although, would it be the end of the world if they let Clay walk and trade him somewhere for a year and have him come back as a bench player? I don't think that would be the end of the world, but I don't think they would do that to Clay. I don't. Th I think that this organization has so much respect for what those three have done, and again for Steph, because what does Steph want? If Steph is saying, "I need, I need my two guys here. I need Clay and Dre here," that's got some pull. We don't know if he's saying that. But yep. if that's what he's saying, you know, th those things are going to be taken into consideration. This team has, you know, won four titles in eight years or four in nine years or whatever it is. So th that that carries some weight. So I, I do think they're going to look into moving Kaminga and Poole if the return is there. Now, remember, this isn't the Washington Wizards. So if someone offers three bags of chips, the Warriors aren't going to be like, you got it. Nah. You know, they're they're, they're going to make the move based on what is best for them. So I don't think they're going to move those players unless they think it's going to greatly benefit the team moving forward. But I, th I think the biggest question is Clay. W would they be willing to move him? Who wants him? And kind of what does that look like? Mo? I think Chris laid it out. This is all about Steph's timeline. As long as Steph Curry is still playing at a superstar level, being a transcendent player, they don't care about the future. They're going to max out what's left of Steph Curry's prime. So I I have no doubt they're looking to move both Kaminga and Poole. And I think in their return, they want a shot creator, but I think they also want an athletic big. I think they need an athletic big that can rebound and protect the rim. Everybody knows what Looney does. Looney is the most underrated, hardworking guy maybe in the NBA. Yeah. But they need somebody that's a little bit more athletic, more dynamic, not to, I'm not saying replace Mooney or Looney, but somebody that can give them a different look. They need younger legs to go along with that core. If you're going to go with your guys, if you're going to invest three more years in Steph, Clay, and Draymond, 
then you're going to have to put some young pieces in there along with Wiggins, who's still only 27, if you're trying to contend again. So I think they go all in. This is a franchise, guys, that they're not afraid to go into the luxury tax. They'll pay those extra hundreds of millions if it means in the next three years they squeeze out another title. That's something else for the franchise. That's also another notch on Steph's legacy, and I think that's what they're thinking about. Uh, I, I yeah. Uh, of a, a question though, I want to pop to uh, all of you guys, especially Chris. Uh, we know uh, uh, Bob Myers kind of resigned from the job, but the new new man, new man, if we all don't know, is Mike Dunleavy. That's the new man. He did play play basketball for the Warriors. He used to play for these war these same Warriors. Uh, his father was Mike Dunleavy. Was Mike Dunleavy? He coached uh, for the Clippers, I believe, and led them to the playoffs. Do you what role do you think? Do you think he shakes it up? Do you think he shakes it up a little bit, or do you, do you think it, it, he still could make it the same? Well, uh, Chris, I'm gonna reply this question to you, but everybody can answer on the uh, panel. He he's an internal hire. He's someone who's been around the team. He's been around the organization. He obviously doesn't have his fingerprints all over it like Bob Myers did. But if you look at the exit of Myers, it's there, there's two sides of it. There's the there's the narrative of the Lake, the Warriors are going to blow it up, and he he didn't want to pull the trigger. He didn't want to be the guy that was going to break up the core three. That's one narrative. Okay. The other narrative, which seems to be the actual narrative, is that the guy's tired. I mean, he put his heart and soul into this thing for the better part of 12 years. And he talked about over the last couple of years, the wear and tear this job has had on him and his family. And he has children and all of that. So uh, is part of it him probably not wanting to be the one to make these tough decisions? Maybe. And I think he's earned that right. I think he's put in the good work for 12 years and he's gotten the success out of it. And he has the right to walk away and not be the one that kind of like pulls the trigger and things go wrong. But at the same time, they, they didn't bring an outside guy in. And I think the reason that is, is because they, they have a vision. And again, I think that vision is it all. It's all around stuff. We need if like Mo said, if they get one title in the next three years, that's a success for them. I don't think they're going into this thinking we need to win three more titles. I think they're going into this saying Steph has X amount of years. We got to get at least one more. And if they do that, then bravo to them because they've been doing this and they've been winning titles for the most part, take out the KD years. But for the most part, when people didn't think they were going to be contending for titles in the picture, I mean, the title they won last season, no one thought that was going to happen. I mean, even Warriors fans going into the playoffs didn't think they were coming out uh, with a title. So they've been in this spot before where they're not the favorite after KD is left and they have this aging roster and they've always stayed true to the course. They've stayed true to we want to win now. We'll figure out later when later comes. And I think that's the mindset they're going to stay with. So I don't think that Dunleavy is going to shake it up too much. I do think he's going to move Poole and Kaminga, though. Hey, uh, Des, what you got on this one? Uh, Chris just took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, I agree with him. I don't think it's gonna. he's going to shake up a, a lot of things. I think he uh, he's going to definitely listen to all the players, but especially like uh, Mo and Chris – and coach, you guys alluded to uh, Steph Curry has to say that's that's the timeline they're looking at. So um, he's probably like, "Hey, uh, you're franchise, you're my franchise player. Um, who who what is your plan?" Right? We all know doing these off seasons, uh, a lot of the, the the players that are like the captain of the team have a little bit of pull, right? Um, 
So I feel like he's going to probably move Kaminga. Uh, he's probably going to move Poole. But he wants to keep that core uh, tight. They want to win now. They'll worry about the future later. And I think that's the Warriors' mindset. I mean, you look at the press conference um, after they lost, right, in the playoffs. Um, their mindset was shocked, but they're like, we're going to run it back. This core is not going anywhere. You can tell by their body language and everything like that. Um, so, And it was just, a, a, I think, a wake-up call for the Warriors, too, because we know the Warriors be deep in the playoffs and at least make it to the Western Conference Finals, you know. Um, but I think, uh, like Chris said, uh, he's going to stay true to his guns. I think he's going to get an athletic big because Draymond does get beat by bigger defenders and bigger centers like you know, Nikola Jokic, um, Joel Embiid, and others like that. And like you know, uh, alluded to, Mo, uh, Coach and Mo, we all know what Looney can do, but he does get bullied. Okay, we, we all see it. So um, I feel like, long story short, they'll worry about the future later on, probably sprinkle a little bit of draft picks this year if they can. Um, but they're spending a lot of money. So um, I think they're going to just do what they can and see what their course uh, uh, team wants to do. Mo. I think it's a smart hire. It's a, it has to be a hire that you know got Steph's approval. If if they're, if you're not going to be Bob Myers, then it better be somebody that Steph Curry, Draymond, Clay, that core, Steve Kerr, they're they're good with. They can say, okay, he's he's one of our guys, so we know we can trust him because they there is a close knit unit. Um, I think that Chris pointed that out. Bob Myers is not just the GM; he was really close. He was really connected to those core four guys. And this was a hire that made those core four guys feel comfortable, made Steve Kerr feel comfortable. So this is a great hire. And look at this team. This is one of those teams that's kind of old school. They're going to ride this core until they can't win at all. Like this is a throwback to the Celtics with Bird and Mikel and Parrish and DJ. They kept that core together till they were all in their mid-30s. Same with the Lakers. They kept that core together till they were in their mid-30s. Of course, you end up paying a price later on down the road, but they were willing to sell the future for what was going on right there in the present. And I think Golden State is kind of old school in their approach. They're going to max out their superstar till he's no longer a superstar. Uh, I think uh, I think far as uh, Kaminga, I want to see him go somewhere else and play. Um like I say, and it's and it pretty show throughout the uh, throughout the regular season too when they traded away James Wiseman. They don't got the time to wait for anybody kind of develop develop right then and now. You seen uh, James Wiseman kind of you know did okay with the Detroit Pistons with a team that is very much young uh, that can probably get the best up out of them. So I don't think the Warriors are that patient in waiting and to watch you develop. While they got uh they got uh Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson, they got a, a playoff and a championship team still can still going. What better way to get some more uh pieces around them and try to get one more championship window in if you could? Um, Jordan Poole can go. I don't think him and Draymond Green, as long as Draymond Green a warrior, I don't think him and Draymond Green can play on the same team again. So um, at the end of the day, I think Kaminga and Poole, I can see them getting moved. But I can also see them bringing in some extra guys, extra veterans in to try to somehow keep this window closed and keep this window open a little bit more. So other than that, uh, we don't go to uh, Ja Morant. We don't go to uh, pretty much uh, Ja, Ja Morant pretty much. Um, is it crazy to think Memphis should try to trade Ja Morant? And uh, would, would you trade him if the offer was there? Mo, I'm going to start with you. Would you trade Ja if the offer was there on the table? 
if it's the right offer. And the right offer would be a, a, a star of equal talent or like, I guess for Gobert, they gave away four number one. So for Morant, what are you getting, eight? That's, I, I, I'm saying, if you're going to get four for Rudy Gobert, Morant's got to be good for eight. Uh, I, I don't really know what the right compensation would be. This is really difficult because I don't even think he's at his peak. Like, he's a young player that's explosive and talented, but hes I don't think this is even the best version of John Morant. The question is, if you're Memphis, do you pull a plug on that kind of talent knowing how hard it is to come across those types of talent? You can have eight number one picks and, and never come up with a franchise player with all eight picks. That's the scary part about having picks. People get geeked and excited. And then you draft this guy in the top five, and they don't live up to the hype. And your franchise is set back for the next decade. I, I'm not ready if I'm Memphis to, to pull the plug on John Morant. He's got, he's got some maturity issues that he needs to work on that can be worked on. He's not a complete – he's 22. He's not done. I still think he can mature. He can come back from this. The question really is – Where's his mindset? Does he understand the gravity of what he's done? Has he learned from this? And is he really, really ready to go forward as a professional, as a leader, as someone who could be one of the faces of this NBA and really focus not just on his career, but how he models himself to the public? So if I'm Memphis, no, I'm not trading John Moran. Not, not yet. Not yet. I need to see where he's going to be going forward this season. Because this is, look, this is big. If he misses 25 games, remember, he already impacts not just himself, but he impacts what the Grizzlies are going to be this season. What what are they going to look like 25 games into this season without him? So I, I, I really think this is a process for not just him and the franchise, uh, this is a process also for their fan base because at some point fans love you, but eventually they'll want to get off on you. They'll pull away from you. I would not move John Morant right now, period. You Not right now. This kind of talent, this kind of ability, you see once every 10 or 15 years. I'm not in a rush to move off of that. Let's see what happens this season. This, if the right deal was on the table, just say if it's a U-Haul, if it's a whole U-Haul, would you move John Morant? Would you consider, would you move him? If it's a whole U-Haul in front of you or an offer that you can't refuse, would you move him? No, I wouldn't move him yet. I wouldn't move him. I agree with Mo. We don't even know. He hasn't touched the ceiling yet at all. I mean, this guy's really, really fresh, really, really young. Um, just really immature, though. That's the problem. Um, this is, I mean, multiple times now, and I'm glad he got suspension. Um, personally, I think the suspension should have been a little bit longer. 25 games, that's a good amount of games, right? But, um, you know, you think about it too, the, the way the suspension was laid out and like the terms and everything else like that, right? And all that lingo, I was just like, 25 games? Like, come on now. But long story short, like Mo said, we he hasn't even touched his uh, ceiling yet. We've seen what the Grizzlies can do without him in the playoffs. They actually play a little bit better without him on the damn court. Um so I think they understand that, that, hey, you know what? We can survive 25 games without John Morant. The thing for Memphis Grizzlies as an organization, as, as, as Mo uh, alluded to, 
fans are starting to, are starting to get uh, uh, uneasy about this. You're the future of, the, uh, of this franchise, and you're making immature mistakes. You're costing the franchise now games. Um, so now that can affect playoff seating and everything else like that going into next season. Offseason as well. Okay, we're not going to have our starting point guard. How can we maneuver our roster to at least withhold 25 games? Um, but trading him? No. This guy is still on the ceiling. I feel like this will make him a much better player playing with a chip on his shoulder that he always plays with when he's on the court. But play like the John Morant back in college, man, when no one knew who you were, you know, be that guy. You don't have to be the tough guy or the, the street guy. And that's what a lot of NBA players try to do, try to make street life with NBA life. Just be you, man. And um, I talked about this in the barbershop when I was getting a haircut. Russell Wilson has a life coach. He had one. I think John Morant needs a life coach. He needs a life coach, somebody with guidance. Um, and I think the organization gives That's him that. why he had the season he had? The <laughs> life coach? Hey, hey, fire that man. Hey, hey, if, if Russell Wilson had a life coach and he had that kind of season, fired. Well, his, his old life coach passed away. So, I mean, I don't know what life coach he has now. But, but like, you know, just someone in his ear. But I think uh, what Memphis can do, I don't think they should trade y'all at all. Get us a veteran that can get in his ear. That's what I think. But don't change your arm, Aaron. No, not yet. Don't pull the plug yet. So, uh, Chris, same question. Show me the offer. I, I what what is the offer someone's making for John? <laughs> let's let's start there because if it's picks and it's some not just pieces, if it's like some talent, I, I I'm open to anything. I'm, I'm open for the conversation. And I, I think my biggest concern with Ja is that. Yeah, he's 22. And what what do you expect from 22-year-olds? You expect things like they miss meetings, right? They miss curfew. You expect some, you know, organizational, like they just don't have their life in order as far as getting to where they got to go kind of things. With Ja, it just seems like the, the rule is don't go on social media with guns. Don't don't do that. And he's, strugg he's struggling with that. He's struggling with the idea of don't be on social media live with guns in your hand that for me that's not something we should be struggling with for me if the rule of thumb is if i'm going to go live on instagram or tiktok just don't have guns in my hand cool i got you that seems pretty straightforward but we're not there yet and twice we're not there and yeah was it a lighter was it a fake gun i don't care what it was you already <laughs> got hit for seven or eight games for having a gun in a club don't be anywhere with a gun like, com like common, I don't know. So for me, that's my first issue. My second issue is that the team has a feel for what, what, what he is. What is he in the building? The team has a feel for how he's handling this. The team has a feel for his demeanor. Is he showing remorse? Is he, you know, guys, it was a fake gun. Like I didn't even think like what they know, whatever that is, whatever that reaction is. And that's really going to go the distance with his future with the franchise because if the team really feels like you just got some idiots around you and we got to clean up the people that you know you are putting up here in your life and swap out some of those with some higher character people we got to get you a life coach we got to get you someone who's traveling with you on the team to assist you in making those decisions if that's what the team feels great then they feel they can fix it he's your star moving forward because you're right he is a superstar, 
and he is nowhere near reaching the ceiling of whatever his superstardom is. And no one should be throwing a 22-year-old away because he had a really bad, you know, two months or whatever it was. Like 22, if we look at all the 22-year-olds in America, they have a lot of bad two-month stretches, all right? There's 24-year-olds, there's 30-year-olds. People have bad two-month stretches. So I'm not saying this guy needs to be canceled or removed out of the league or shipped away because he had a rough two months. But at the same time, we need to, and when I say we, I'm talking about NBA fans, we need to look at this for what it is. And it is a serious situation. Whether the second gun was real or not, I don't care. You are the face of a franchise. You are one of the elite superstars in the NBA. You put together, you know, the top 10 stars in the league right now. He makes people's lists. You put together the next big five superstars in the league. He probably makes everyone's list. That's who he is. That's the role he's being put in. He is that face. And with that, I'm sorry, comes some of these things, some of these responsibilities. Fair or not fair, it's just the way the world works. And I get it. Not every 22-year-old can handle that. Not every 25-year-old can handle that. So I think the team is going to put things around him. I think the team is going to do their part to make this work. But ultimately, it, it comes down to him. And it's not about the basketball on the court. It's about everything else for him right now. Can he get his life together to a point where he's not embarrassing his franchise? And that's what it comes down to. And if he can do that, the basketball is going to take care of itself. Talent is talent. Talent always rises to the top. So the basketball part, I'm not worried about. But if they can get the right people around him, he he should be fine. He's only 22, guys. Yep. Another thing I think he needs to surround his surroundings kind of need to change. If if in that part his surroundings do kind of need to change a little bit. But uh other than that, uh the Memphis Grizzlies can win without him. They just can't win in the playoffs without him. Not not having Dylan Brooks may be a different story, maybe a different story, but also one underrated piece you gotta look at that may leave is Tyus Jones. That's the guy that held the fork down when he was out. He's one of the most efficient shooters, doesn't turn the ball over, got that high basketball IQ. Look up for that in uh, this uh, free agency period because he, when John Morant was, had an injury, had a wrist injury, and he was going through with those issues, he was the guy that kind of held the fort down a little bit, kind of held the fort down a little bit. Uh, when he gets in that lane with that floater, it's kind of devastating as well. So look out for that uh, as well. So uh, Memphis, go ahead. That's another guy Phoenix should look at. He's yeah. the best backup point guard. He's backup. Yep. But if he started and he had those kind of scores around him, remember, they don't need a guy and another guy to drop 20 a night. But Ty yep. Jones will get you 12. Oh, he, oh, he can run a he can run if a show. He's playing with that squad, he's getting you 12 and probably seven or eight assists to go along with it. So that's another guy that will be an excellent fit with that Phoenix Suns team. Yep, definitely. Yep. But most of their money tied to their Big three, they're big three, right? There. No, the big four, they big four. DeAndre ain't got got some money too. He got. Don't, some. Get, don't forget about Aiden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DeAndre ain't got got some money too. So they, all they kind, all they money tied into that, tied into that right now, uh, right now. And you already know. Uh, I just realized Fred Van Bleek, he's way up out of the picture. He wants thirty mil at this point. Twenty two mil he turned down from Toronto, but he actually wants thirty mil. He actually wants thirty. 30 mil, but I believe a team will give it to him. I believe a team will give it to him. Uh, but other than that, um, another uh, interesting question that, that was just brought, that's brought up. Uh, why would D-Hop want to go to the Patriots? 
Let's start at the bottom. Chris, why would D-Hot want to go to the Patriots? Because he's crazy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, well, let's 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 look at it logically. All right, why would I want to join an NFL team? Because they have a great court. Nope, nope, not that. Uh, because they have an elite defense, the best defense in their division. Nope, nope, not that. Do they have the best coach in their division? Not on my side of the ball. He might be the best defensive coach in the division, but I wouldn't say that. Maybe McDermott is challenging him for that. I don't know. Uh, because they're going to pay me the most money? I mean, they threw a bunch of money at Juju Smith-Schuster because my friends play for the team. Those se- I mean, that seems to be another thing, apparently. Apparently, he has a really big respect factor with Bill Belichick. Um, I, I guess if D hop goes to the Patriots, he will without question be the center point of that offense. He will be everything that offense runs through. He's going to be Mac Jones, favorite target. He's going to get a lot of routes called his way. He's going to be in on a lot of things going on on the offensive side of the ball. Maybe that's what he's looking for. Maybe he wants to be on a team where he is the guy. They view him as the guy. And he is respected as the guy. If he goes to a contender, if he goes to Kansas City, he's a piece. He may be a good piece, but he's just a piece. So maybe that's what he's looking for. Because logically, if he goes to the Patriots, I still think they finished fourth in that division. I still think Mac Jones is the fourth best quarterback in that division. And I still think they don't make the playoffs. So maybe it's the combination of the money, what they think of him, the role he's going to have in the offense. He has friends on that team. Some people value those things. And I'm not saying he's wrong for valuing those things. If you can't fault a guy for chasing a championship and going to a contender, you can't fault a guy for going to a place where he feels respected, he gets paid the most amount of money, and he's playing with people he likes. It, it, it is whatever he wants to get out of the next stage of his football career. So if those are the things he's looking for, those probably check off all those boxes. If he says he's going there to contend for a Super Bowl, he's full of crap. All right, Dave, what you got? Um, dang, Chris, Chris took it right in my mouth. I, you think about it. If if we're in his shoes, right, the Patriots, they, they sell you this pitch, you know, hey, you're a free agent. You can be the number one guy. Um, we give you the most money. Um, your friends play here. And there's Bill Belichick, one of the most respected coaches, not one of the most – uh, respected coaches in the NFL. You got Robert Kraft, one of the more, uh, what's it called, fluid with money and cash flow owners as well. Look at our Super Bowl rings as well. They'll show the whole trophy case, you know what I'm saying, do the whole shebang. If I'm D-Hop, I will not go there. Heck no. I think he's just killing flyers right now, but it seems like New England is one of those places where he's been there. We, we've seen him in Tennessee go to a, a country concert. You know, Derek Henry's there. We've seen him talk about maybe reuniting with Deshaun Watson. And, and you know, um, I think he's just filling out flyers. I think he's really going to try to go to a contender. The only th- reason why he might not want to go to a contender, and Chris said this, friends, man, when you build those relationships – in the NFL, a lot of these players sway with their friends. Look at Devontae Adams. He went to the Raiders because, who Derek Carr was his quarterback back at Fresno State. Now he's not even the quarterback anymore. So, yeah. you know, uh, th- 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 that plays a factor. You think about yeah, Denver, yeah. Frank Clark, Randy Gregory. He's my friend. You played with the Chiefs. Now you're with the Denver Broncos. You know, and the only way that New England can change this offseason 
and be a contender, at least to make the playoffs, is Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has to say, if I'm a pitch for D-Hop, you're my number one guy. We're going to run everything through you. This is, this is our, your time to shine. And I think D-Hop does want to prove a lot of haters wrong, too. On his socials, he says, I'm not done yet. People are doubting me. And he is up in age. I think he wants to prove somebody wrong if he wants to go to New England. But I don't see it happening. Well, we did see how that when once uh Devontae Adams went over there with his best friend, we did see how that how long that kind of lasts, really, huh? We did see that, huh? Uh Josh McDaniels one of them bought it out quick as he quick as he came in now, quick as he came in now. So <laughs> other than that, now all of a sudden Devontae Adams pissed off about it. He pissed off at the organization about Jimmy Garoppolo, who knew he came in with a foot injury, came in with a foot injury. Uh, it all kind of mess went on and on uh with the Raiders. But uh Mo, go ahead. I think everybody summed it up. He he has to be going there because he's going to get highlighted. He's going to be the the focal point of that offense, and he is still a terrific player. My only pro- and I have no problem with it. If you want to go somewhere where you're going to be highlighted, where you're going to get the most money, I can't hate any guy for wanting those things, um, because we we're we're quick to give credit for other guys who just want to chase championships. I have no problem with that. Yep. He's not. Go- he's definitely not going there to compete for a Super Bowl. He can say that, but with that quarterback, he's not going there to compete for a Super Bowl. Matter of <laughs> fact, with that quarterback, or if he goes to Tennessee, he's going to get lumped up. That's what he's going to go. That's what he's going to do. You're playing with quarterbacks that throw medicine balls. You're going to miss a lot of games and you're not going to put up the numbers you think you're going to put up with. So I I have no problem with his decision as a fan, as a fan, I would like to see him go somewhere where there's a quarterback, where there's someone that there can be an actual relationship where the quarterback and him, they can elevate each other. That would be the best spot for him as a, as a fan or, or just as a football player. But if he's looking for money, if he's looking for the opportunity to shine and stand out, I'm not going to hate on him. I'm just disappointed because I thought he was a better competitor than that. I thought he was a bigger competitor than that. To see him kind of settle, because to me, going to the Patriots, you're settling. Chris said it. You're not the first, second, third. You're probably the worst team in that division. They are. When is the benefit of that, especially when you're in the twilight, not the twilight, but he's on the other side of 30. Why waste these years where you still can be not just productive, but impactful? You might just be a piece in Kansas City, but you'd be a piece that would help impact that franchise. Maybe you're not Travis Kelsey. But you're the second guy, and if you're playing with Patrick Mahomes, you can still get the numbers and get the ring. That's just me. Hey, I, I said it all along. I think well, when he first came out and said it, he wanted to go to a team that could win. That's the team I thought about. I mean, why why would you not want to go play with the best quarterback in the NFL? Why would you not want to go play with the best tight end in the NFL to open up and get some of those double teams off of them? Why would you want to uh, not go play – with a guy like Kadarius Tony, who could be a uh, solid, who can be a solid contribute, Isaiah Pacheco. Why would you not want to go play around that? Uh, hell, you can, even, you can even go any winning team you can go play for. You can probably go go play for. You can go play for offensive guru Andy Reid. You can go play for him. You can go play. You can go play for him. I, I would rather him. Like goddamn, I wouldn't give a cat if you go to the Bills. He'll help the Bills out. Maybe maybe he uh help help uh. You know, uh, Stephon Diggs out with his uh, issues. Stephon Diggs only having this type of issue because he's not winning as much as the Bills 
expected to win. When you're expected to win like that, that's a lot of goddamn pressure on you. And you think Stefan Diggs doesn't feel that, doesn't feel that pressure? Yes, he's getting the numbers. Yes, he's getting the ball. But when you're not winning, when you're not winning, that gets to you. That gets to a superstar. And Stefan Diggs not showing up to camp or mandatory mini camp. And if he does this in training camp, that's a hell of a lot of concern. So at the end of the day, the, another season like this, hey, that can be over. That can be over quick. That can be over real quick. That's another probably. That's a contender that's kind of uh, kind of taken away. Before we get to the last topic, me and Chris went over this, so I want to see if uh, I want to see if Mo and Desmond. You know, I'm, I'm gonna go through the uh, shout out to my boy Doug in the chat, big time. Uh, we went through each division. Last weekend, so I'm gonna go through it with y'all. And if Chris, if you have any mind changes, just let me know. But other than that, Mo, we're gonna start with the AFC South. Who wins the AFC South? Who you got in the AFC South? Who you got winning the AFC South? How are you pausing that long? <laughs> There's only one good team in that division, which is the Jaguars. You think that they're not even all that good? I think that's why I, I think that's why I passed. Look, Chris, yes, they're not even I, all I, that I, love, that I got good. respect for Trevor Lawrence. He's a talented young man. There's high expectations for him. They, they have talent on both sides of the ball, but I'm not sure that's a walk away division. I don't. I, I don't think they walk away division. They can be I, I really don't. That good. I I think that's one of those divisions that in the end you're gonna have a lot of. Records that are very similar. I, I think that's a. I, I just don't think they could be the favorites, but I don't think they walk away with that division. Des, you said AFC South. Yes, it's the. Uh, if you don't know the AFC South, you got the Jaguars. Who is the best team in the division? Don't get me wrong. You got mm -hmm. the Texans, Tennessee, the Colts. Basically, the worst division in football. It's basically the worst. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the limb here, and I know everybody's like, "Oh, you're going the Richardson train." But I might go with the Colts on this one, man. I really think I might I might have to go with the Colts. And I don't like I don't like the Jaguars, man. They just it reminds me of a college team that's like with freshmen that don't know what they're doing yet. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't know what they're doing. Um and the Texans, I think they're gonna be in second place because what they did in the draft, they filled a lot of holes in free agency. I just see the Colts and with their running back, um, and and their quarterback, it seems like he's already starting to take some strides. And it's just exciting to see what that can be. That's the thing that I'm excited about it. So I give the Colts at least a wild card. But like Mo said, it's going to be some losing records on that um on the at that on that division. My my uh prediction still the same. I got the Jaguars. They'll go ten and seven, but it's not going to be a walk away. Like everybody may seem like, oh, Jaguars are heads on better than the Houston Texans or the Tennessee Titans. Hell, golly, we. We won three games all year. You know where those three games came from? The division. That's in the division. So that tells you the division. It's not a walk away. It's not going to be a, a, a just a walk through. We're gonna. I'm, I got us going seven, seven and ten. Hell, we can go six and eleven. That's an improvement for me and my Texans right now. I think the Titans are going to be the last place team, and I think the Colts are the third, are the third best, are the third best team outside of Derrick Henry. I don't think the Tennessee Titans are that good outside of Derrick Henry. Now their defense is good. Their defense is really good. Their defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. But outside of Derrick Henry, I, I don't think the Tennessee Titans are that good. I think the Colts can be a dark horse to sneak up. They have a solid defense. They got to get some healthy bodies there. All depends on how Anthony Richardson mature. All, it all depends on how Anthony Richardson mature. 
But other than that, I got the Jaguars. They they're gonna win the division, but it's not gonna be an onslaught like other, other people think. It's not gonna be an onslaught. They can be beat. They're very. It's gonna, beat. it's gonna be an onslaught. We'll find out. It is, there it is, it is a quarterback driven league. No, no look argument. At, look at the other three quarterbacks in that division. You got two rookies and Ryan Tannehill. Trevor Lawrence is literally head and shoulders above every other quarterback in his division. Plus, they have the offensive talent. Plus, they have a top 10 defense. They're going to win this thing by at least three or four games. Put put hey, it on the books. Put so it the Jaguars going 15 hey, Chris, I'm going I'm to say, if it's a, it better be an onslaught, too, because you know you're going to hear it from me now, right? It better you're gonna, be an onslaught. You're going to hear it, it from be. me. Every it week better. we're going to hey, talk what, about hey, that division. Hey, guess what? Guess what? Hey. Hey, it's fine. It's fine. But it better be an onslaught. Just Watch like you Trevor said, Lawrence it better be. It better be. I'm telling you, the Jaguars ain't out. They ain't that good. They're not really yeah. that good. How you make it seem? They're not all that good. Uh, but we're going to go to the next division, the AFC East. The AFC uh, East, which we got this man team in that division. The Dolphins. The Dolphins in that division. You got the Bills. You got the Patriots. You got the Patriots and the Jets. Uh, Mo, who you got in the division? I want to say Dolphins, but I'm scared that if somebody blows a hard win on Tua, we all are. We're all we're all scared of that too. It's okay. You know, I got I, you. And, and, I, and I, in all seriousness, look, I I wish the guy nothing but health. I don't I, I don't root against anybody, and he's a talented kid. The Bills are easy to pick, but um, you know what? I'm just gonna go wild. I am gonna go with the Dolphins. I'm gonna My take man. the Dolphins. I'm gonna take the Dolphins because I believe. And what they can do, I like what they did. The improvements they made on, along the offensive line. That run game is going to be better. That's those are things that are going to keep Tua upright. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins to win that division. And once we get Dalvin Cook in there, I'm just saying that would be that would be perfect. Yes, I'm with Chris. I'm with you 100. That would be perfect. All right, so uh, uh, Des, go ahead. Who went in this division? Uh, I don't like this team personally. I really don't because of the coach on there. Uh, but I think the Jets <laughs> will do it. I think so. <laughs> I, really? The reason why I said that, I said that because Nathaniel Hackett, man, I just, man, he, he just messed up the whole Broncos organization in one year. That's crazy. But like, um, <laughs> you gotta look at the Dolphins, the Dolphins side of it, right? To a it's scary, man. One more hit. That guy might be out for a couple. You know, I mean, we, we don't know. He's like a, a walking punching bag at this point. Um, but if he can stay healthy um, and, and be consistent, you know, I think they can have a shot for the Dolphins for sure. I have them number two. The Bills, I, the reason why I have them number three, they always peak at the right time, but they always kind of like falter in the playoffs. But we're just talking a division. They better just bring the whoop ass this year. They have to, excuse my language, because Josh Allen – he's always like in the conversation, but they never get over the hump. Um, and I think they might take a step back a little bit this year. So up, I'm going for the Jets for sure. Got it. The Bills finished third. There's some problems. If they yeah, finish, look, I'm, problem. not saying, I'm not thinking I'm going to win it, but if they finish third, somebody needs to get fired. <laughs> Which is I do doubt that is my pick to win the division. Until I see somebody to throw in them, that is my pick to win the division. Yeah, they show some signs of weakness. When it gets to the playoffs, that's a whole different story. But I do got Miami as a wild card team. I do got them winning 10 games, 10, 11 games. But I got the Bills winning 12, going 12 and 5. I got the Bills going 12 and 5. I don't think the I don't think the Jets make the playoffs. I don't think the Jets make the playoffs. And I think, you know, the Patriots are going to finish in the kitty quarter. But I do got the Dolphins as a dark horse. I'm telling you. 
I do got him as a dark horse. I do got him as a dark horse. I'm high on the Dolphins. I'm just high. I am high on the Dolphins. Me too. Uh, so I do got that's one of my wild card teams. I got them going 11 and six uh, throughout the season. I just got the Bills winning one more game than they than they than they do. So other than that, would not be shocked the Dolphins win the division. They can win the division. Uh, they were unstoppable pretty much when Tua was healthy last year. They were unstoppable pretty much uh, until that. I think after that second, after that second concussion, he shouldn't have played at all. He shouldn't have played at all last year. After that, after that, probably that first concussion, you can argue he shouldn't have been playing at all. But other than that, it's fine. He's back healthy. He stays healthy. The offensive line keep him up right. They run the football. They should be fine. They sh- they should be really. They should be okay. Uh, so we got the um, AFC. We got the AF. We don't go to the AFC North. We don't say this. Uh, division best for last. Uh, so we got the AFC North. Mo, who you got in the AFC North? I'm gonna go with the Ravens. I'm gonna go with the Ravens. I like their defense. I know that we 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 can always predicate everything we pick in every sport on barring injuries, right? We can start off with that on every sport. So yes, if Lamar Jackson can let's say finish the season, he may miss a game or two, but finish the season. Along with what they did in the offseason, adding Odell is going to help. That run game is going to be strong. The defense is always one of the best. I like the Ravens to win that division. I, I really don't think, when I look at that division, that there's a whole lot of competition to stop them. from. What, the only thing to stop them from winning the division is health. Des, who you got winning the division? Man, I like Mo's take. I really do, Mo. I like your take there, but I'm going to go with another sleeper. I say the Steelers. Year two, that quarterback, um, Najee Harris is going to come back healthy because, my God, he can't get dang no two yards last year. Every time he got the handoff, he was getting hit in the backfield. Um, you know why? That offensive line is garbage. It's garbage. It's garbage. It, it really is. I think that uh, Mike Tomlin's going to definitely use this offseason, and I know they're going to at least work within the offense with Kenny Pickett and going forward. Um, instead of using the whole – switcheroo they did last year they have a number one quarterback they're consistent now their defense will taper off a little bit but i feel that it's going to be number one steelers number two ravens the only reason why i say it's a setback for the ravens because odell beckham that guy has not played in so long and i like odell beckham he's one of my favorite players i mean i look up my game towards him the way he runs routes and everything else like that but um the thing with lamar jackson they kind of drug out so long but he deserved the money um, I think the only thing for the Ravens is their uh, who's their offensive coordinator coach. Do you know who it is? Their offensive the Ravens uh, offensive coordinator is Todd Munkin. He uh, comes from Georgia. He he come from Georgia. Okay, so he has some creativity. The only the only problem that would be for the Ravens if and I know we have a whole like mini camp, uh, training camp, preseason to get those kinks out as an offense. But I feel like year one as a new offensive coordinator, you gotta make sure you're on the same page with Lamar Jackson. So I say the Steelers at least win that division. Uh, Chris, I'm y'all I'm, forgetting who who went to the Super Bowl and the conference <laughs> championship the last two years? Like, did the Bengals just get forgotten about here? Dez has them finishing third behind the the Steelers and the Ravens. No, I, I love Joe Burrow, but I actually had them second. I, I mean, okay, all right. I got the I got the Bengals. Hey, I got the Bengals. I'm with you. I, hey. Everybody's asking me who wins the division. Ah. Well, I'm just predicating because when you say in the playoffs, I got the Bengals. <laughs> I got there's, a, there's a difference, guys. There's a difference. That's all I'm saying. Hey, Mo's just like, like, hey. Mo's gonna run with Lamar for the regular season. Yes, hey, 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 Mo, see, it's, it's similar to the, it up. Hey, yeah, Mo, we're similar to the Buffalo Bills. 
Hey, Mo, it's similar to the Buffalo Bills. I got them winning the division. But, hey, who says to say they do something in the playoffs? Who says they do something? Do, well, with, they I'm do something you, in the playoffs. I got them winning the division. Uh, shit, hell, the Dolphins may go farther than them in the playoffs. All I care, all, all I know. If they meet, they will. <laughs> but I got, I do. I'm with uh, Chris. I got the Bengals. I definitely got the uh, Bengals winning. Uh, uh, look out for a door course that can come in second place. I don't think they win in the division. But the Cleveland Browns, if uh, with another train whole training camp, it depends if D Hop is going to go there, which is all signs pointing to New England. Uh, I'm gonna look at the Browns as a dark horse, as a dark horse for a potential wild card team. I'm gonna look at uh, the Miami Dolphins, but the Ravens are my wild card team along with the Dolphins. And now, so we got the last division of the AFC. Mo, who you pick for the AFC West? Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> matter of fact, matter of fact, matter of fact, let me interpret the question. Who comes in second? Who comes in second? Right behind the Chiefs. Who's in second? I'm gonna go San Diego. I'm gonna go San Diego. <laughs> no, 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 no. I have all the players in the world, and Sean Payton that. Adding those pieces on the offensive line, they're going to fortify that run game. They're going to make Russell Wilson look more like Russell Wilson from Seattle, where he's more play action. He will be a better Russell Wilson. They'll be a good team. They're just not going to win the division. Uh, Chris, I'm going to let Dez get the last one. Who's in second place? You have your second place changed. It's a toss-up. It's either the Broncos or the Chargers. Uh, it could be tied. It could be a one-game one differential. I don't. I don't really feel strongly one way or the other. Like I said, the Chargers head coach is supposed to be a defensive guru. He can't figure out the defense, so uh, I'm fine with either. But I think it's pretty straightforward. The Chiefs are walking away with that division, and then probably one, one game or so, and it might be their head-to-head battles that are going to decide what's happening with them. And as far as the Raiders go, the Raiders are a Jimmy Garoppolo injury away from not winning a game. So I, the, the biggest question with the Raiders is, do they move Devontae midseason? Because that is a train wreck waiting to happen. He He's going to lose it. He's going to lose it. Because when you play with Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy throws a lot of dink and dunks. He don't push the ball down the field. Devontae Adams, not going to be loving J- Jimmy Garoppolo. I can tell you that right now. He's going to be pushing more than reporters <laughs> this season. <laughs> hey, this. Who's gonna be in second behind the Chiefs? Uh, I'm not. I'm putting the Chiefs in second place. I'm not. I'm not. Oh. I, 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 I just Super Bowl what? hangover is going to happen. It's going to happen. One. I, look, I, I like the addition of Frank Clark. This guy has played with Patrick Mahomes so long. Practice with them, everything. Won Super Bowl champions with them. I really feel that Denver can push the needle. And it's not because Sean Payton. It's they. They got the offensive line solidified. They got the wide receiver core solidified. Like, I'm excited as a fan when this training camp battle happens because somebody's going to be on the chopping block. It's going to be KJ. It's going to be somebody going to be Adios Amigos because uh, Marvin Mims Jr., I love that pick. That was a slam dunk right there. And Russell Wilson, he got a little bit slimmer. He got a little bit slimmer. So, hey, he going to prove these haters wrong. still got that same life, Coach, because it didn't work out. His other, his, his other one died. You didn't hear? His other coach died. <laughs> what do you do? What like what? How does your life turn when your life coach passes away? That has yeah. to be yeah. that has scary. to be some stuff, right? right? That's, scary. That's some scary stuff, man. But um, I, and and the only thing I like I don't like about Russ Wilson 
he posts everything. Like every time it's a post, I'm like, bro, you ain't got to post everything. And that's what Sean Payton said. Social media is a big thing. I think that they're going to at least win one game. That's going to be the tiebreaker or the need move the needle to win that division. Yeah, um, you sure I, you're not being a fan more than an analyst? No, 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 no. I think Patrick Mahomes, I think okay. they're going to have the same exact season they had last year. I think it's just going to be a one-game difference that will thread the needle. The, the, the Chiefs went how, what, how many wins they had last year? 14? They were 14 and 14. Three. Yeah. So 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 what the uh what so that means uh y'all gonna go Broncos, 15 to right? win fifteen games. Y'all gonna Broncos <laughs> fifteen, wait, two, right? 15 I, games. I, I think I think the Chiefs are gonna lose some games. I don't think it's gonna be up to fifteen games as the win column for them. I just don't see it. I don't see it. Um, okay. I think they're number two. Number three is the Chargers. Um, Chris touched on this too. They got a defensive guru coach, but hasn't figured out the defense. And number four, uh, the Raiders. I don't know what Josh McDaniels doing. This reminds me of back when he was with Denver. He blew up the damn team and made it horrible, made it worse. Um, how the heck you get Jimmy Garoppolo out of all free agent quarterbacks that were available? Your backup quarterback. I don't even know who the backup quarterback is. Their backup quarterback from last year went to the Denver Broncos, um, and I think he's going to solidify as number two. Um, it's, it's just, uh, if you're a Raider fan, it, 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 you got to be disappointed. Like, these offseason moves, they did not make any sense. And if I'm Devontae Adams, I want out of there. You're going to have a quarterback that we all touched on is just going to just give you dink and dunks, be a game manager. Um, and how's that going to affect Josh Jacobs as well? Because then they just signed him to a tender as well. So now you're putting a lot more pressure on your running back to move the ball. Um, that's just not going to work out for the Raiders. So I say more Denver are going to play the- eight, nine men in a box, too, because they're not afraid of Jimmy throwing it down the field. Oh heck no! And 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 the thing I don't like the thing about like I like I don't like about the Raiders. How you how you guys you give the city to the guy and he has a broken foot. You know about it already. You give him things to the strip club, unlimited access, and he has a broken foot. So you're gonna have a court. You're not gonna have a quarterback to begin the season. So how's that gonna work out for you? So yeah. All right. So we going to the <laughs> NFC side. Hey Freddie. Right. Hey Freddie. Dan said uh, the Broncos going fifteen and two. They gonna win. They gonna it's gonna be a one game difference between the Chiefs who went fourteen and three. So Freddie, Dance may need some teaching, Fred. If you're in the chat, Fred. Uh, so Listen, I got I gotta go down to the sports book and play my uh, my parlay on Dez's division winners. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got the Colts, the Steelers, the Jets, and the Broncos winning divisions. That that's money. Yeah, hey, that say he's shaking it up. Somebody's say he's gonna make some money up. in Vegas. Woo! I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, shaking it up. <laughs> Uh, we go to the NFC. Uh, Mo, who's going to come in second place behind the Eagles? NFC South, who's going to come in second place behind the Eagles? Uh, I'm going to say the Cowboys. I'll say the okay. Cowboys. No offense. I know the Giants fans out there, Freddie, but I, I just I need to see more from Daniel Jones. I'm just not, I'm not there yet. Uh, the bar is so low. <laughs> I, I'm just not there yet. He I, he is a playmaker, and he is a part of their run game. He ran for over 700 yards. I don't know if he's still the kind of quarterback that can win you games with his arm on a consistent basis. The, the bar is just set really low. The guy threw 15 touchdowns. That doesn't blow me away in a 17-game season. So I'm not picking him. As much as people like to kill Dak Prescott, he's better than Daniel Jones. So I'm going to say the Cowboys come in second place. If Dez says the commander is here, I'm leaving. <laughs> Damn. What? Oh, God. Dez, who coming in second place? Uh, he was going to say the commander. He was going to uh, say no, it. No, no, <laughs> he wanted to. He had the hesitant pause in that run, too. <laughs> <laughs> but they're like, yeah. 
Go ahead, Hey, I say the Cowboys, man. The Eagles did great last year. I had them actually, I picked them in Vegas to win a damn Super Bowl, and they started off so great, and then they just derailed after halftime. I, I was really disappointed. Uh, but hey, Jalen Hurts, the ceiling's high. They got multiple receivers. Uh, the Cowboys, I like what they did this offseason. I like what Mark Mike McCarthy did as well. I think he's going to be calling the offensive plays. I think that can add a little bit more juice, a little bit more flavor. Um, and the players actually have cohesion with him. Um, and then third, I got to go with the Giants with the addition of Jalen uh, 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 Waller. Waller, I think, believe it is. Um, Dale and Darren Waller. That was a great addition, I think, in my opinion. But that'll be um, Daniel Jones' best friend along. Oh, yeah. If if they get Saquon signed, that'll be their best friend. Darren Waller will open up a lot of things for Daniel Jones. I agree. I think there'll at least be a wild card team. Um, and then for the commanders, um, we don't even know who, who's their starting quarterback. I, I really know Sam Howell, the rookies, the second year player, Sam Howell. I, I see. I like the guy they had last year, even though he's inconsistent at times. He did. He did lead them in at least a fight. You know what I'm saying? At least a fight in some games. Um, but Sam Howell, um, we, we, we don't even know how strong of his arm he has. We know what Terry, uh, Terry is. But um, besides that, I don't really even know who really is on the commanders like that. And that whole name change and the whole franchise of selling and everything else like that. They just have a lot of question marks going into the season. So if you're a fan of the commanders, it's going to be a long season. But um, I think, like he said, I think the Eagles go number one, Cowboys number two. All right. So this division going to be a little tougher. Cool McCain singing a song, Fly Eagles Fly. Love that. <laughs> love that song. He love that song. Uh, so uh, this division gonna be a little tougher uh, to predict, but uh, so we're gonna go Mo. Who wins the NFC North between the Vikings, Packers, Bears, Lions? You know what? I'm gonna go with the Vikings. I'm gonna go with a proven product. You you, you can you can ri- riddle and ridicule Kirk Cousins all you want. Kirk Cousins in a regular season is an elite quarterback in a regular season. Kirk Cousins gonna throw for 4,500 yards. 30 touchdowns. He's got one of the three best wide receivers in football. They just added a young playmaker who's going to be big for them during the regular season also. So I'm going to go with Minnesota. I don't even think it's close. Minnesota's going to win that division. It's a we, we all agree, quarterback-driven league. Cousins is a proven, productive quarterback. Everybody else, huge question marks across the board. Des, who you got? Uh, I'm pausing on this one again. I I really think uh, the Lions, I'm going with the Lions. They're going to turn it around. You look at that coach. I mean, I was watching Hard Knocks uh, this past week, and, I mean, it's an old one from, what, two or three years ago? But, my God, that coach motivates me. I want to play for the damn Lions. When when I've seen that, I'm like, all right, coach, shoot. Because he wants effort, man. And look at their run game. Look what they did in the draft. I mean, they got a quarterback, um, Jared Goff. You know, he's like, hey, that's my guy. But didn't they get somebody from uh, Tennessee as well? Then the draft as well. I know they got uh, they got uh, Jameer Gibbs, who's re- who's really good. Yeah, yeah, he's Jameer really good. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, you can't really he's knock that. They, they were, yeah, and they got the 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 future and stuff they got back. I just I like what they did. Even the moves they made with the trades they did with their corner, they traded him out of there. You know, because like you said, if you're not producing and you want out of there, he he wants it. So I say the Lions go number one. I say the Vikings go number two. I think the Bears make an upgrade this year, go number three. I think they'll be a wild card team. I think this will be the year that Justin Fields gets it and and and, and actually is a passer, not so much of a mobile, using his feet a lot and taking those hits. 
And I think the team that we all know is going to take a decline. We don't even know how this quarterback's going to shape out. But the Packers fans, um, we don't even know how they're going to play. Um, so I feel bad for the Cheesehead fans. But I think the Lions take it this time. I want the Lions. I want somebody different than the Vikings, too. So, Chris? I agree with Tapa over here. Jared Goff been to a Super Bowl. Now, was he was he a top-tier quarterback that year? No, nope. he wasn't. That's fair. But he had good offensive pieces, which is what Detroit has. He had a good defense. Well, yeah, he had a great defense. Detroit has a good defense. I like Detroit's defense better than I like Minnesota's defense. I like Minnesota's offense better than I like Detroit's offense. So I, I don't think those two teams are as far apart as some might think. I think they're pretty evenly matched. I think that how many how many Monday night games does Kirk Cousin have this season? If he's got a handful, just chalk those up as losses because he can't win those games. So right there, those Monday night games could sway it in Detroit's favor just because Kirk can't win a Monday night. He can't win in the playoffs. I mean, I like Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is consistent. He gets a bad knock because he does suck on Monday night football for whatever reason. But he is consistent. They do have an elite wide receiver. But at the same time, you have to look at where what this team has done the past couple of seasons. And, yeah, Green Bay was there, and they were part of the issue. But the, I don't think they've put together enough to make me say, low and they're, they're the team for sure. And I think Minnesota is going to kind of fall into that trap because they, they were a surprise for some last year. Some did predict them. There was a big ground swelling for Minnesota last year saying they were going to win that division. So they weren't a surprise for everyone. But with Green Bay or Aaron Rodgers out of there, there kind of is this narrative now that, you know, it, it's theirs. It's theirs. It's, no, no one's going to stay in their way. They're going to win, you know, 12, 13, 14 games. I don't think Detroit's that much of a pushover. I think Detroit's going to be right there with them. And my pick is Detroit. Yeah. So I don't have nothing against Jared Goff. I think he's a solid quarterback. Um, yeah. You can point out that he'd been to a Super Bowl. But you can also point out the team he went to the Super Bowl with got rid of him for a guy that went to the Super Bowl and they actually won the Super Bowl. So that's fair. That's fair. So they're, 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 it's one thing to be, a, you know, we don't give out credit for attendance. We give out credit for winning. So he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. Hey, hey, hey. Bills fans would love attendance right now. If Bills <laughs> fans can get some attendance on their record, they would be all about that with Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah. Fair. So, That's fair. I do got uh, Minnesota winning division, but I think it's going to be a one game different. I think this is a few divisions. I think this division going to remind me of the uh, AFC East. I think it's going to be a close division, a game of a game. I think uh, the Vikings will win it by a game. The Vikings went. Uh, the Vikings got off to a good start, but I called them a fraudulent team last year because when they actually went up against someone who's actually good, they folded, and games weren't really even close when they uh, played. So. Uh, I never was sold on them going into that playoff. I thought they would lose against the New York Giants. I thought they would lose against the New York Giants, and they did lose against the New York Giants. Jerry Goff had a very two underrated seasons with Detroit, man. Jerry Goff is very underrated with Detroit. Uh, I think Detroit, that, that's my wild card team. That's my second wild card team. But other than that, uh, Vikings got pretty much the same team. They got pretty much the same team. Only thing, they let go Adam. They traded Adam. They let go Adam Thielen. Went, he went to the Panthers. They got a younger Jordan Addison back to replace them. Uh, they got uh, Madison, who fits for their offense right now, who fits, who's a better fit than their offense right now, and younger, who's a better fit, not a better, uh, not a better running back than Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook is clearly better because he still can rush over a thousand yards. I just feel like the move was basically made on, uh, you know, Madison. They like Madison probably more at this point than Dalvin Cook. 
They do got um, one underrated defensive guy that they did sign to help out that quarterback position uh, is Byron Murphy from the uh, Byron Murphy from the Cardinals. Uh, he's going to help out that secondary, even though I think the secondary still can be pretty bad at points at points of time. But I still think it's the same team. The only thing you did, you replaced the running back and you just replaced Adam Thielen with a younger wide receiver, with a, a younger wide receiver. And also you got eight. Uh, Osborne, who's really, really good, who's really, really good as well. But Vikings winning the division by probably by one game. But I do got the Lions in a wild card spot. I do think I love that Dan Campbell. I love that goddamn Dan Campbell out there, man. I'll be about to cry every time he he get a motivation speech. He cried to the players. The players play hard for him. They want it for this dude. And also they got uh one of the best tight ends in the league, Hawkinson. How can I forget about EJ Hawkinson? How can I forget about that dude? So other than that, they still pretty much the same team. They still pretty much pretty much the same team. But now we got the worst division in the NFC side. We got the NFC South. Mo, who you got in this division? God man. <laughs> we so everything is quarterback driven league. Look at that division. Yep. <laughs> who, who, who is the best quarterback? Derek Carr. Uh, <laughs> you know what? It's right now. I, I, I'm going to say, you know what? And that's fair. I've never been the biggest Derek Carr fan, but I'm going to say the Saints because they have the best quarterback. And, and you can tell me all the other variables, but because that the league is driven by that, and that, if that position is at least solid, you're already in a good position to win. So I'm going to go Saints. I'm going to go Saints because Derek Carr is the best quarterback in that division. Des? Uh, I'm going to go with a team that's a dark horse. I mean, I'm going dark horses this week. I'm and everybody go in that division like a dark horse? Yeah, everybody's a dark horse. Yeah, I go with the Falcons, man. I'm going with the Falcons. I'm going with the Falcons. Okay, okay. The reason okay. why, because you look what they did this offseason, and I watched this uh, segment uh, yesterday when I got into my new place. Um, NFL Network was talking about the Falcons and what they added. They added so many holes, so many pieces. Um, they got Kyle Pitts, you know. They have uh, Drake London, great receiver. Um, and what they did in the draft as well, I think that put them right there. The thing is, they have, what, the second two, I think the easiest or second easiest schedule in the NFL. Um, and I think their first three games are at home. So for the Falcons to have success, they have to start off fast and to get a taste of success early to at least get some momentum going. I say the Saints are number two because of Derek Carr. Uh, I, I, I just – it baffles me, though, that he's with the Saints. That just baffles me. But you know what? Hey, that gumbo must be good. That food must be good down there in uh, Louisiana, you know. Um, but I, I say the, 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 the Falcons actually – Oh, I've been down there. That food is good. Chris, <laughs> <laughs> who, who you got winning this division? I'm going Panthers. Not that bad. I'm not bad. That's not bad. That's not bad. I, I like Bryce Young. I I'm like, rooting for Bryce Young. I like Bryce Frank Reich with Bryce Young. If it was a different head coach, I would probably go Saints. <laughs> but I've seen what Frank Reich does with quarterbacks. And rookie quarterbacks, older quarterbacks, he, he wow. makes it work. You give him a quarterback with some talent, he gets the most talent out of that quarterback. And we've seen him do it with multiple teams and multiple quarterbacks. And Bryce Young is a talented fella already. So he's coming into a good situation. I like the Panthers defense. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be close. I think you're going to have a lot of similar records in that division. I don't think you may not see anyone get the 10 wins in that division because I think they're all going to beat up on each other. 
They're all going to lose to everyone not in the division. Like you're, you're not going to see big records coming out of that division. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, eight or nine wins is enough to win that division. But I, I'm going to go Panthers one, Saints two, Buccaneers are last, Falcons are third. But I like the Falcons. See, that's the thing with this division. The Falcons, I like them. I like some of their pieces. I could see them finishing second. I think the only thing I'm sold on is I like Panthers one. And I like the Buccaneers last, even though I like Baker. I just feel like uh, it's going to be rough for him down there in Tampa. Yeah, uh, I got the Saints by nose of a football. The only reason, I think they're they're the best defense in the division. Their secondary is good. Their linebackers, Demario Davis is solid, is really good. Defensive line. Now, they did lose a, a defensive lineman, Davey Anyamata, to, the, to who? The Atlanta Falcons. That's a big help for the Atlanta Falcons because they needed a pass rusher right there. But also – I think Derek Carr having that quarterback right there with Chris Olave, you know, being a thousand yard wide receiver. And they got Jamal Williams, who was really good for the uh for the Lions last year. They had they got Jamal Williams, someone that's gonna help them with that running game. I'm going for the I'm 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 just taking the Saints by a nose, just a nose over football. But they could lose this division. I like the Panthers pick. Brian Burns is a hell of a guy, bro. Brian, Brian Burns for the Panthers on that defensive line. That guy's a that guy's a monster. That guy's a hell of a guy. Also like uh Mingo. Also like Mingo, the wide receiver out of Ole Miss. He's gonna be a, a big help as well on the power. I, I, I like the Panthers. I like the Panthers. I think they actually underrated. I think they actually are pretty underrated uh this year. But uh I got I gotta go with the Saints by nose of the football. And now we're gonna get to the division. The last division before we go into the, you know, the final topic of the night of the day, we got uh, the NFC. We got the NFC West. Mo, who you picking? Now I'm being a fan, but I'm also being an analyst. I'm still picking the Niners. I know that right now, the quarterback position is kind of up in the air. But here's the thing: no matter who the quarterback is, what I believe in more than anything is I believe in the play calling of Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan, he will coach those guys up. He will play call them. They will win games. Look, they, they won't have a 1,200-yard receiver, but they'll have a couple thousand-yard receivers. They'll have a tight end that'll get you 12 touchdowns or probably another 800 yards. They'll have maybe running back by committee, but there'll be multiple guys with over 800 yards rushing. So I believe in Kyle Shanahan, no matter who the quarterback is, so I think the Niners will win that division again. And I like I like Seattle to be second. Gotcha. Bez, who you got? Um, I was looking at Key's comment. Uh, I don't think Mike Evans is gonna get close to a thousand yards. I I I don't know. I don't I don't see it with Baker. He throws medicine balls. If he does, Mike Evans that's gonna be the hardest thousand yards he ever got. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We already seen what Baker looked like with that little clip that they showed that he just overthrew receivers, but um I got to go with uh, the 49ers. Mo, I th- I actually picked them in a FanDuel bet to be my Super Bowl uh, favorite to win the Super Bowl because um, with uh, Purdy, what they got with him in the quarterback, I know he's going to get back healthy. It's going to take some time, but he's doing great in rehab right now. You have Kishan McCaffrey, great addition as well. You guys have weapons all over the damn place. I mean, you think about it. Um, there, there's so many dang weapons. It's kind of hard. Brandon Ayuk, Debo yeah. Samuels. Kittles. Uh, Kittle, there's, and you guys got more weapons on the defense side of the ball. Yeah. Um. Uh. Number two, I want to say the Seattle Seahawks. Um. The only thing that is a question mark for me, for me, and I put them as number two. You gave Geno Smith a well-deserved big contract, not a big, but a good sizable amount. Can he live up to that contract? 
Um, I know they made some changes during the offseason, but they did address some needs in the draft. Um, and the and the Rams are in this division, right? Correct? Am I correct? Yep. Yep. I say the Rams fish finish number three. I think they'll be at least a wild card team. Cooper Cup, great wide receiver. Matthew Stanford, um, he's getting older in age, but he's coming back. Can he stay healthy? That's the biggest question. Um, and they have a great running game. So um, I definitely got to put your 49ers, man. They're my Super Bowl pick, and they're number one on that list. Chris, what do you got? Winning this division. The Niners have the best team on paper. They are the most talented team on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. It all comes down to the quarterback. If Purdy plays the way he played the second half of the regular season with minimal drop-off, they're by far the best team in that division. If Purdy, if that wasn't who he is and he's like a step or two below that, then it might be a little more of a challenge. The Rams might come up and challenge for it. If Seattle can replicate what they did last season, they might come up and challenge for it. But I think on paper, if Purdy is just close to what he was last season, it's not going to be close. It's going to be Niners one. I think Seattle takes a big step back. I've never been a Geno Smith guy. I mean, hats off to Geno for doing what he did. Hats off to Geno for getting paid. I don't see it happening twice in a row. Maybe I'm wrong. But I think Rams are going to go two. Geno and the Seahawks go three. And then it's a dumpster fire in Arizona. I mean, it, in all honesty, if Arizona starts off the season terrible, we may not even see their starting quarterback this year because why play him if you're, you know, one in 10 or two and nine when he's ready to come back. So. Yeah, I got, uh, I got the 49ers winning the division. Uh, I got the, uh, my wild card team is the, uh, is, is the Seattle Seahawks. I like the Seahawks in the wild card uh, position. Uh, but uh, other than that, I think, I think the Cardinals are going to be one of the worst teams in the league. I think the Cardinals are going to have a top five pick next year. I really do. And like Chris said, if this game, if this that if that gets out of hand, you may not need you may might well sit out Kyler Murray for the whole year. You may not need to play him again. Play him, play him. Yeah, you're just going to be wasting it, wasting it for a team that's not winning. So that'll give them a full extra year. I know it's going to be going on down there uh, a, almost a year and a half. But golly, don't go out there, don't get him hurt. Hey, you know you're not in the position to win. Just let him sit out. Now he has a full off season. He has a full off season and stuff like that uh, to start get out for a fresh start. But I actually think the Cardinals are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. So we topped this off with the last question of the day. And shout out to the chat. They've been really participating today, man. We the chat going on fire. Been on fire. Shout out to the whole family. E C G in this mud in this mud. Right here, jury in here. My boy Cool McCain, my, my draft partner. Cool, jury. Uh, a partner in crime, uh, key in the building in here, Freddie. Thank Shout you. out to everybody. Y'all been very really great. So the last question of the day, man. Last question of the day. And going into 2023, who will be the um the most underrated quarterback? Well, going into 2023. The most Chris, underrated. I'm gonna start with you. We going Underrated, underrated or overrated? No, underrated. Underrated. Uh, I don't really know if there is an underrated quarterback coming. I mean, there's a lot of overrated quarterbacks. If you're going to go underrated, I mean, I guess Jared Goff would be my underrated quarterback. Mm. Uh, he's done a decent job in Detroit the past couple of seasons. I think that they've built well around him. I think he is more than capable of leading this team to the playoffs. He's never going to be your A 
a minus kind of quarterback. But uh, yeah, if we're going underrated, I- I'll go with him. Uh, Dez, go ahead. Uh, I got two. Uh, Jory just uh, oh damn, she was just playing. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say Ryan Tannehill, really underrated. No, I'm joking. I think uh, Sam Howell from uh, like the Commanders is really underrated. Uh, we don't even know what he can do with Eric Bieniemy um, as the OC, right? Am I correct? That's um, big. That's big. That's an underrated sleeper. I mean, we can see now what will happen. Was it Andy Reid calling the shots, which I think we all think that was probably the case, or was it Eric Bieniemy in Patrick Mahomes' ear and saying, "Hey, this is what you do here." We'll see. Um, number two, um, the most underrated one. And I know he's not overrated. I think he's really underrated, uh, but he always gets injured. And I know Douglas, he's a Cowboy fan. I think we got to give it to Dak Prescott. He's kind of underrated under under the radar. He's not overrated, in my opinion. Um, In my opinion, I think he's underrated, I think. so. And Desmond Ritter, that's another one. He's really underrated. I think the reason why I picked the Falcons, because what he did in college, he can do the exact same thing in the pros. He commands his offense. He knows it's his team. I just think it's underrated because – We've it, we only seen him for a glimpse, um, so we'll see this year. But I think that's my underrated sleepers. So, uh, I do got two of them, and that's a good question you did ask, Chris. So, we're gonna get to that question too the overrated ones because that is a good question that you asked. So, um, I got two of them. I got one, Justin Fields. Uh, Justin Fields had to rush over a thousand yards, that's how embarrassing his offensive line was last year. You seen they had to consistently get offensive line help. And I'm going to tell y'all this, excuse me for my language, but who on the God's green blue hell is winning with finding Nemo, Chase Claypool, who haven't had a rookie, he had his best rookie season was the Pittsburgh Steelers. And after that, you haven't found them ever since. Who is winning with Darnell Mooney as a number two quarter receiver at best? Who is winning with that? Let me know who is winning with a with a okay tight end and Cole Clement, who is winning with that? Who is winning with that? Who is winning when your defense can't even get? I know that they got DJ Moore. That's going to be a great help. I like that addition. DJ Moore is an underrated wide receiver. He's really good. He's really good, and I'm glad he got it for Justin Fields. But it's a reason this man had to run over a thousand yards last year because that offensive line was so goddamn bad, and these wide receivers failed to get open. Now, I believe the defense was okay. The defense was okay. They couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the run because they was on the field so much. Defense was okay. Defense was solid. But who on you? Someone tell me in their right mind, who are the gods greener is winning with that receiving core and that offensive line last year? If you put any quarterback behind that offensive line, who is Patrick, winning with that? Patrick Mahomes. With that offense with in Chicago, with that offense, that same offense. That same offensive line, that same beat up offensive line in that receiving Maybe, maybe they're in the Super Bowl, but he probably will win. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's so it, you, though. That's you know, it. Just, just Patrick I, I Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is winning with, with the Bears. I think that's a different situation. <laughs> I don't think Patrick Mahomes is winning with the Bears. I think in his situation, his situation is a little better. His situation is a little better. He got a great offensive line. He got a great offensive line. Now, the receivers, hey, that's a talk. That receivers, he can win with anybody, any type of wide receivers. But with an offensive line like that, receiving receive with an offensive line like that, Cannot win it with an offensive line like I don't believe he can win it with an offensive line like that. I believe uh, now with those receivers, you got a punt on those receivers. I believe he can win with any pass catches. I don't give a damn who it is. You see, coach, it. the difference is when when Patrick walks in that building, that offensive line gets better because he says things like "You're going to get me this, this, and that," 
I don't know what Justin Fields is doing. Man needs to find himself a voice and tell his team to stop paying defensive players. It's not 1985 no more. Stop buying linebackers. What What are the Bears doing? Stop buying defense. Well, you know what it is. They have a defensive coach. No skill position. No skill positions at all. And that's why I think the man is uh, very, very uh, unappreciated, underrated. Because he ain't got no help. He ain't got no help. Just what Chris said. They spent all the money on defense, but you ain't got no offensive help. You can't get spend it on an offensive line or, or some uh, wide receivers. And another one, I'm going to go uh, Deshaun Watson. I'm going to actually go Deshaun Watson. I think people forgot who this guy was before. You know, he got in trouble. I think people forgot, kind of forgot who he was. But, Chris, I'm going to start with you. Give me your uh, overrated since you brought that up. Overrated. Who's overrated? Josh, Who's, Josh Allen. Okay. Listen. Oh. Listen, 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 listen. Was it? Okay. Sorry, Mo. <laughs> that was mine. So year three, Josh Allen pops. All right. Give give the man his flowers. I think he had 37 touchdowns that year, like 10 picks or nine picks or something like that. Terrific season. They got momentum going into the playoffs. They might be the Super Bowl team this year. Lost to the Chiefs. It happens to the best of us. All right. Coming out of year three, the last two years, they have been Super Bowl favorites. You're only a Super Bowl favorite if you actually make it to a Super Bowl at some point, which they obviously haven't. Now, Josh Allen puts up numbers. I can't take that away from him. But at the same time, Matthew Stafford put up numbers in Detroit on losing teams. Uh, Deshaun Watson's last year in uh, Houston, 33 touchdowns, seven picks. They won five games. All right. You can put up numbers on losing teams. Now, he's putting up numbers on winning teams. But what is he not doing? He's not beating Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. He's not beating Joe Burrow. In the playoffs, he is beating guys like Mac Jones in the playoffs. He is beating guys like in that Baltimore game when Lamar Jackson got hurt halfway through in a 3 3 game. Yeah, he came back and he beat Tyler Hundley by two touchdowns. All right. In games that Buffalo has played the last two years, in games decided by 10 points or more, they're 21 and two. In blowouts, they usually win those games. 21 and two in games decided by 10 points or more. In games decided by one score, he's five and nine. When the games are tight, he becomes tight. And it's happened throughout his career. Yes, his passing percentage has moved up. Yes, because he was, you know, below 50 or 60% his first two years. He peaked year three. He was about 70%. He's come back down to earth the last two years, about 62, 63. That's probably where he should be, about 62, 63. But it's not even about that. If you just look at Josh Allen's stats, you can't find a hole because literally he's good for 35 touchdowns, 10 picks a year. What you have to do is you have to look at those tight moments, those tight moments where he runs when he shouldn't and he fumbles the football, those tight moments where he throws a pick. He only had one pick that game, four touchdowns, one pick. Well, the pick was on a drive that could have been a game winning drive in a game that he lost by five points. That's where Josh Allen is overrated. He's not a killer. He isn't. He puts up big numbers. He has a big arm. He gets big highlights, but he's not the killer people want him to believe. He's not the number one quarterback. He's not the number two quarterback. I'll let you argue he's three, but that's about the ceiling for him right now. I got you. I'm not mad at that at all. And don't forget, hey, Chris, you left one person. You left one thing out. Uh, Deshaun Watson actually outplayed Josh Allen in the playoff game. That was Josh Allen's first playoff game and Deshaun Watson's first playoff game, which is Watson came back and won that game from behind. Just saying, just saying, just saying how good Watson actually was. But other than that, Dez, go ahead. I got two. I got two. A, 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 a Ron, number one on my list. Okay, you're overrated. You're getting older in age. 
you know, and he's trying to play like a young Patrick Mahomes. When you get a little bit older, you can't be moving past defenders like that. And you're trying to go to the Jets because you and Nathaniel Hackett got. Brady, you talking about Aaron Rodgers? Go ahead. <laughs> uh, number two on my list, and uh, I, I think I think we can all agree on this here. Um, the second overrated one. I have there is a toss up for me. Everybody's saying Dak Prescott. I think he's underrated. I think uh, Ryan Tannehill really overrated. Really overrated. Uh, you're supposed to be this franchise guy, savvy veteran, and you could, you're a great passer. But the Titans drafted how many quarterbacks in the last two years? Two. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I feel bad for Malik Willis because he's start, he. It's a learning curve. It's a learning curve. Um, but Ryan Tannehill turnover machine as well. In crunch moments, he sucks. He does even. He's not great with reads anymore. He's getting sacked. He's just taking it. Um, but A.A. Ron, number one on my list, because there is no way in hell you think you're going to go to the Jets. Their offensive line is not even the best. Even though I picked them to win the division, um, I, the, it just is terrible. It's going to suck. So <laughs> he's going to be on his back more than he's throwing touchdown passes. So You, you are sending Jet fan on a roller coaster ride. 30 minutes ago, you pick them to win the division. They're like, this is my oh, guy. Oh, yeah, now yeah. you're saying Aaron Rodgers is overrated. He's a Mahomes <laughs> wannabe. The Jets have no offensive line. Dez, that's what I was – Dez, come on, man. Dez, you got me – Hey, I resigned my pick. I resigned my pick. Chris, I'm glad you called him out because I was like, what, what are we doing? How bad are the how bad are the Dolphins and the Bills and the Patriots that the Jets are winning this division? No, I'm just to him, man. He might he, he's a one punch away. I mean, I don't I don't know. Dad, you're a wild man, you know. Hey, it's Monday, boys. Monday. Go, go ahead, like, bro. I don't like it. Go ahead, Bo. <laughs> so I, everybody's taking my picks. Overrated for me was Josh Allen. It, it Chris went over all the fine points. I don't trust him late in games. His decision-making is horrible. Chris is right. When games are tight, he gets tight. He does not throw a ton of picks, but he will throw that bad pick. He's got a habit of doing that. Josh Allen is my overrated guy. My underrated guy. Actually, let me throw in another overrated guy. Ryan Tannehill. I can hand the ball off to Derrick Henry. Thank I can you. hand the ball he off to Derrick Henry and throw medicine balls to wide receivers. I can do that. I'm good <laughs> for at least 2,200 yards. So I, I can do that. Um, were I just, there any, you were there you got a dominant running back, and you can't be effective in play action. I don't understand that. So to me, Ryan Tannehill is a very overrated quarterback. Underrated, I'm with you, Coach. I'm going to Sean Watson. I think because you haven't seen – Peak Deshaun Watson since he's been back. I think people forgot that this guy is a special talent. I expect – I don't know what they're going to do as a team, but I think he's going to have a big season this season for Cleveland. I feel like if you're overrated, people got to think you're good in the first place. Who who thought Tannehill coming from Miami was going to be anything? I'm not going to say any names, but <laughs> – <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness gracious. Y'all are crazy, man. Y'all really, y'all really getting it started. Hey, Freddie, I, I need you. I need, I need you up here, Freddie. Uh, so Chris can put you in, put you in line, Freddie. We, uh, Chris already got Desmond right, man. Hey, yeah. hey, Chris, you got a battle with Chris over here, man. <laughs> uh, like, like I say, man. Uh, I got, over, I got an overrated one, and like I say again, um, he does win. No, no doubt about it. He does win games. He did win, go to the playoffs, but Matt Jones is very overrated. 
Um, I don't. I think he's nothing more than a game manager at best. Um, he doesn't throw the ball down the field. They want to. They want against the Bills based on handing the ball off to Stevenson and Harris to beat the Buffalo Bills. That shows you how much they didn't trust uh, Matt Jones. So I think Matt Jones is very uh, overrated as well. I think he's very overrated. But, hey, I'm starting to agree with Chris. Hey, Josh Allen is under the most pressure this year. They, if they don't get it done, hey, it's some pro- it's going to be some problems with Josh Allen. I'm telling you, it's going to be some bad problems. Now, can we, are we getting to that point where Stephon Diggs already tired of losing? He already tired of losing. He already showed frustration. This guy don't get it done. If this guy doesn't get it done, hey, you can't consider this guy as a top three quarterback in the NFL or a top five quarterback if he can't get the job done. Now, Herbert, he got some questions he needs to answer. If he can't win, if he can't win, I'll go advance in the playoffs. But again, uh, but again, I think coaching gets involved in that. But these guys like Herbert or, uh, you know, Josh Allen, they got to figure it out real quick. We can't continue to have some excuses for these guys. Go ahead, Chris. Josh Allen's in a tough spot this year yes. because yeah. I almost feel like he they have to make the Super Bowl. And here's why. The division's better. The Dolphins are better. The Jets are better. The Patriots still have Belichick in that defense. So the division is closing that gap. I'm not going to sit here as a Dolphin fan and say we've passed them because we haven't. But my point is that it's getting tighter in that division, right? Yeah. So if they win the division, that's an expectation. The expectation for Bills fans is to win the division. So you win the division, nothing new happens there. So what what puts us over the edge? You have to go do something you haven't done. You need to beat Burrow in the playoffs. You need to beat Mahomes in the playoffs. You need to actually make a Super Bowl as a Super Bowl favorite. If they don't win the division and then they don't make it to the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, I would argue that this is probably their worst season of the last three (laughs) as far as expectations go. Now, who knows? He could come out. He could come out and they could win the division and they could make a Super Bowl, but they've been saying that for two years now. So something has to give with Buffalo. You already got Diggs who's throwing temper tantrums in games because he thinks he should be getting the ball more. Like it's, I think this is potentially the breaking point season. If Buffalo can't get over that hump. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, man. We had a blast. Go ahead, Mo. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I was just agreeing with everything Chris said. I was like, this is such a big season for Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, I'm 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 on board 100 with every point Chris just made, so I'm, I'm we're good. Yeah, so we had a blast this morning, man. Uh, Freddie said Chris not ready for this, man. Man, I believe Chris ready, man. I don't know, Freddie. I believe Chris different, man. Hey, hey, he's still hiding from the Nuggets win. Freddie's still high. He <laughs> <laughs> hey, you see, you see what happened? You see what he got? Got there? How he got there's going, man? Freddie, I don't know, Freddie. Maybe Dad, maybe Dad can uh, teach you something. Now he got that win again. He got that finals win. But other than that, Mo, tell the people they can follow you at, man. Find me here at the Empire Sports Empire Network. The podcast drops on Wednesdays. NBA Cipher, check it out. Uh, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Uh, this. Y'all can find me on Sports Empire Network. Uh, Instagram Desmond twenty fifteen two three four, and then I got my uh, YouTube channel. Um, like I said, moving to my new place, I'm definitely gonna post some more content. Um. For sure. Like I said, CU's coming up. Deion Sanders. We got the Rockets. They're doing better. So definitely stay tuned for some uh, some fire content. Chris? 
if you're not watching us live, if you're listening to this or watching this later on YouTube, you got to come join us live. The party's happening live every morning. Yeah, so come be a part of the conversation in the morning with us. We want to hear from you. So get your coffee and join us. Come on now. There Let's we go. go. There we go. That's the energy right there. Well, we need to get Freddie and Cool McKay and Chris together. We need a boxing matchup and Gene, that boxing matchup. Oh, I, I, believe, him, I believe Chris can handle Freddie, man. I believe Chris can get, get Freddie. I believe Listen, Chris. I think people don't realize Chris, Chris is a mean counterpuncher. They better watch out. <laughs> For the record, I like the Eagles. I'm just saying. I'm not even I'm not even a Niners fan. <laughs> put it out there. <laughs> Man, oh man. Yo, man. As for Coach Jante, as for my boy Mo, as for Dez, as for Chris, y'all have a good rest of y'all day. This is Coffee and Sports in the Morning, and we up out of here, you guys.